Hello and welcome to Leading from the Middle, the podcast for middle leaders, brought to you by Education Support and the leaders team at Twinkle. Hi, I'm Gemma from Education Support. And I'm Claire from the leaders team. We hope this inspires you and you enjoy the episode. Hi, our subject today is the team meeting and well-being. So as a middle leader, are you finding yourself leading team meetings for the first time? Or is it time for you to reflect on what place well-being has in team meetings? We're really excited to have Kimberly Evans back from Nourish the Workplace. She's a teacher who now supports schools to find their own ways to prioritise well-being. And she has recently co-written a fabulous book called The Big Book of Whole School Wellbeing. It's really good to have you back with us, Kimberly. Thank you very much for having me. Hi there, Kimberly. Great to talk to you again. Um, I'll jump straight in with a question, which is what role does the team meeting play in creating a good culture of great mental health in schools? It's a great way of being able to set the tone, um, being able to um, connect with lots of different people. Um, And I think a good point to make is with mental health is just touching on the point of being mentally healthy as well and setting the tone to being mentally healthy. And I think within these team meetings, you can be very aware, learning to be aware of of the people that you're leading to ensure that the things that you're trying to achieve are creating a um, a culture of being mentally healthy. And the awareness comes on, on, on many different levels. But being aware because you know the people that you're leading and we've spoken about this before about connecting with people and noticing getting to know your team but also being to being aware of what the implications are that you're going to be discussing in that meeting because you know the people but also being aware of reactions in the room so reading the room not just listening but really watching you know looking out for eye rolls, looking out for um, people getting visibly more stressed or being aware of the excitement in the room, you know, and building on that and and therefore then maybe adjusting what you're saying depending on, you know, basically reading the room, Um, slowing down a little bit, being a little bit more aware of what what being aware of what you want to achieve but also the effect that that is having on the other people that are in the room so have you got one thing you would recommend listeners to do to run brilliant team meetings that normalize conversations about mental health yeah but having conversations is is always a really good thing isn't it about you know and i think understanding that well-being is being at well-being is being able to do your job well. So it's not, they're not two separate things. It's not let's have a meeting about well-being and let's have a meeting about leading English. Mm. Or let's have a we're going to have one week on well-being and then we're going to have one week on assessment. They kind of intermingle into one and well-being should always be there. Should always be there because of the awareness of what is, like I said before, what is the implication of what I'm about to to implement, but also just having general conversations and normalising the discussions of that's not going to work for me because that's going to make me really stressed. Or that's if if we do that, great idea, but how? 
great. I, I love this idea that you've, you've, you've brought to this meeting, but how can we do that on top of this, on top of that, on top of that? Because I don't have time in my workload for that. And I'm, I'll be working until 10 o'clock and having those conversations and just normalizing that as a normal part of meetings. Because I think some people are a bit scared about having those conversations because they don't feel like they can admit that they're finding it hard. So it's okay to say, that's not, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. Or I'm going to find it very hard if I do that. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, allowing your team to have that space where they can speak to you openly and honestly, isn't it? Mm. And I'm wondering uh, what, what can be done if you've got a team that, are, you know, have struggled with trust in the past? Maybe they've been managed by someone, you know, that really ruled with a hammer of Thor and they're not used to talking that openly and vulnerability is a bit of a challenge. What what do you think about how the, the meeting can be a space to um, change some of that? Uh, yeah, I think leading by example, again, will always will always help. And I, I don't. I'm not suggesting we all start team meetings by let's do a share and let's all sit around in a circle and and let's bring something to the table that's made us happy. You know, we don't need to go, I mean, if you want to, that's absolutely great. And if your team are like that, then great. But um, it, it, understanding your team will always help, won't it? So some people might really like that and might want to go around the room and share something they did at the weekend that made them happy. Other people might be dying inside at the thought of having to do that. So understanding your team will really help but if you um can break down the barriers yourself by by doing that and just saying look I know this is going to seem like a lot of work or I'm trying really hard to work with SLT to make sure this is manageable because I don't want it to impact on your workload too much but also leading by example of being the person that you want your team to be with well-being so ensuring that that they know that it's okay to leave at a certain time it's okay to say that okay you didn't get your assessment done by that time because you had a big family party at the weekend and saying that that's okay to do that kind of thing I think if we're leading by example that really helps Mm. it's also it's addressing that fear within yourself as the leader as well isn't it and that that any challenge to what you're saying is a threat or that you mm. should fence a lot of it's work that you need to do on yourself isn't it and your own perceptions of that within yeah the actually that's a big topic which I don't think is is really spoken about much in education is us doing work on ourselves you know when people say to me do you have um you know can you recommend some books and apart from recommending my own book obviously I will recommend that teachers go and education staff go and get some personal development books I really massively recommend Rachel Hollis and um because she's an amazing author that helps you work out your own barriers, barriers to yourself. And we don't do enough of that in education. It's seen as a business thing to work on yourself. But as a big, big tip, I would get say, go to Waterstones, go to a bookshop and go to their self-help section and find some things to work on to boost your own self-esteem, to boost your own um, good feeling about yourself, how to work through those issues, because it's, it's hard, isn't it? When you're standing up there and you know what you've got to say to your team is going to upset them because it's going to be changing massively how they've got to work or adding to their workload or 
bringing down some bad news from further up. It's that's hard. And you've got to be secure in yourself in order to be able to do that. But also, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to say, you're not going to like this, <laughs> but I've got to do it. And I'm really sorry. And I was really stressed when I was told this. And this is what I've done about it. Being a little bit more open and um, honest, I think, um, mm. can be can be really helpful. It's putting yourself in a vulnerable position, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Show your vulnerability. There's nothing wrong. In fact, it's actually really good to show your vulnerability. I think some people will think, oh, I don't want to because people are going to jump on me and they're going to expose that. But no, I personally, I relate far more to somebody who is vulnerable themselves and shows that vulnerability and says, you know, I understand. And I'm more likely to, to be mentally healthy in, in, in that respect. It can be, I think, as like a young middle leader as well, who might be leading like older and more experienced um, team members, it can be really hard to do that, can't it? And mm. I think that's when particularly you need to show that vulnerability and not be too afraid of your lack of um, age or experience or anything. And just put that down on the table and say, yeah. this is what it is and I'm yeah. ready to learn. Yeah, lay it bare and say, look, I'm, I'm trying. This is new to me. Please, please be patient with me. Please give me some feedback. You know, I'm if, if I've said something that's going to upset you, I've said we've not done something the right way. Please let me know because we're only ever going to learn by being vulnerable and letting people in. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's hard, but. I think that's it's a good place to be. And I think you will only grow more and get more respect from more people if you do that. Mm, that's such good advice, isn't it? And also people can smell the armour. If you go into a room armoured up, they can spot it a mile off and it puts yeah. them on the defensive as well, doesn't it? Yes. And yeah, that putting people on the defensive, yeah, that's a massive thing, isn't it? Because that's yeah. when the stress levels go. Yeah. You, you, we've all been there in meetings where you can feel your heart pumping because you're like, I'm going into this in, a, in an angry mood. And then you don't ever, whatever said, even if it's a good thing, you don't take it the right way, do you? Because your, your stress levels are up. Um, so yeah, if we can just you know, bring that back down again, make things more lighthearted, you know, about being, you know, the generalness of a meeting, make things being a little bit more lighthearted can really, really help. Yeah. Makes a difference, doesn't it? Um, so a last question then, what is the worst of the worst, the thing to avoid, uh, the totally wrong way of using the team meeting to support wellbeing? <laughs> yeah. Being judgmental which I think, um, you know, and not understanding different people's, uh, it's, it is one, but it's sort of two, not understanding other people's um, circumstances. That's the word I'm looking for. So therefore being judgmental um, because you don't know what other people are going through. So, you know, why are they struggling with this concept? Why are they struggling with what they're doing? Um, just because you found it easy doesn't mean to say that somebody else is going to find it easy uh, for a variety of reasons. So take off your judgment hat, be actively less judgmental um, and just kind of come at it from from a see things from other people's point of views I think so that would really really help brilliant great that's such such helpful advice thank you so much um so Kimberly do you want to quickly remind us where we can find out more maybe in your book 
So the big book of whole school wellbeing, which I co-edited with um, Therese and Frederica and Bookie, uh, and we co-wrote with 24 other amazing authors. I'm not going to name check all of them. I'm really sorry, but I will miss people out and it will take up another minute of your podcast. So 24 of us wrote that book um, and it is really the kind of a gatekeeper to whole school well-being. It is a one one-stop shop for pupil, staff and community well-being. So if you're not sure what to do, read that book and it will set you off on a path of where else to then go after that. And those other 24 other people have all got their all own social media channels, blogs, websites, all of those kind of things. So you can then follow up with them afterwards with the things that you want to implement from that book. So go and get it now. It's on ebook and in print, The Big Book of Whole School Wellbeing. Thank you. And thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard, you can find more by searching Leading from the Middle wherever you find your podcasts.